Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm Brad Starnes, and today we're going, continuing our walk through the book of Luke. And we've now come to the about the halfway point of Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, 29 through 35 to be exact. And so this scene takes place after Jesus has given John the Baptist sort of a pre-eulogy, if you will. Now he has turned his attention to the condemnation of the group that opposed both John the Baptist and Jesus the Christ. And of course, I'm speaking of the scribes and Pharisees, or the Pharisees and lawyers, um, that general group of religious Jews that opposed John, they opposed Jesus, and therefore they opposed God himself, uh, being, of course, that Jesus is God incarnate, and so they, they refused the message, but they refused the messengers as well. And so Jesus has now turned his attention to them. Now, the Pharisees and the scribes or the lawyers, they were men that were so religious, they thought that repentance was for everyone else. And so when John the Baptist came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, they took the attitude, well, he certainly cannot be talking about us. We're, we're religious. We're the uh, descendants of Moses and Abraham. Oh, we're holy. Boy, we don't do this and we don't do that. We're in the synagogue uh, every Sabbath. We don't miss a service. You know, we, we uh, walk around. Did you know the Pharisees walked around what's called a flat tree? And it was a, a little box that they wore on their forehead that had tiny pieces of scripture written on pieces of paper stuffed in it. I mean, that'd be the equivalent to today, somebody walking around with a King James duct tape to their forehead. I mean, these guys were religious. The problem is all of it was stuffed in their heads and none of it had reached their heart. And so Jesus now turns his attention to them. And what's at the heart of this message is responding rightly to redemption, repentance, or rejection. You see, Jesus bought, brought a message of redemption to the world, as did John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. And we've, I've said this before, and it must be said again. John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet, the first New Testament preacher. Because prophets predict, and John said, he's coming. But preachers point, and John said, there he is. And so they rejected this message of redemption. They responded wrongly by rejection instead of responding rightly by repentance. Let me say that again. The Pharisees, the religious zealots and the scribes and the lawyers and even the Sadducees, even though the Sadducees were far more secular, but still, they responded wrongly to the message of redemption by rejecting Christ, while others responded rightly by repentance, 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 repentance is the key to redemption. Repentance leads to redemption. Without repentance, sin will not be forgiven. And that's what's at the heart of this passage. Now, let's read our passage. Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 29, the Bible says this, And when all the people heard him, 
who's him, Jesus Christ. He's been speaking about John the Baptist in the previous pericope. When all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God having been baptized with the baptism of John, but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected, there's that word. I'm not just trying to make rhymes. I'm using Bible words. They rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. And the Lord said, To what then shall I liken the men of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children, sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man, that's Jesus, has come eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by all her children. I want to preach you on this subject. Responding rightly to redemption. Repentance versus rejection. Sorry, got tongue twisted there. Repentance versus rejection. Ultimately, understand this, and I want you to remember this. Repentance leads to redemption. Rejection leads to reprimand. Leads to God's wrath. Leads to God's judgment. It's, it's that simple. I mean, I, I just want to make it as plain. Before we even begin to execute the text, I need you in this world of chaos and confusion, in a world where we don't even know what a woman is anymore, I need you to understand the clear truth of Scripture, and here it is. If you repent and receive Christ, you go to heaven when you die. If you reject Christ, you're going to spend eternity in hell receiving the wrath of a righteous God. That's it. Well, Pastor, you, you make it seem like it's either Jesus or judgment. That's exactly what I'm trying to communicate to you. I need you to understand that. You need to understand that. And so here we have it. Now, let's begin in verse 29, and we see those who responded rightly by repentance. Those who responded rightly by repentance. Who are they? Well, it says when all the people heard him, just the common people, just old Joe Blow, okay? Even the tax collectors, now you can just see Luke smiling as he writes this. Even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. Even the tax collectors. Now, if you know your Bible history, you and I both know that the tax collectors in the eyes of first century Jews were the scum of the earth. They were worse than a murderer in Jewish culture. Why? Because these were Jews that had betrayed their people and went and worked for the Roman government. And they didn't get by it honestly either. We know, for example, that they would often overcharge taxes, make sure Rome got its cut, and 
keep the change. Matter of fact, that's how, why the tax collectors were so wealthy. And, and, and to a Jew, the worst thing you could do in that day is go work for the people that conquered your nation. That would be the equivalent if a foreign country took over America and then your neighbor went to work for them. I mean, what a Benedict Arnold. What a traitor. And that's how they viewed the tax collectors. And yet Luke, <laughs> just jabbing a little jab at the religious uh, self-righteous guys, says, hey, even the tax collectors got this, man. Even the tax collectors. They responded rightly by repentance. There's several parts to this. First of all, I need you to see in the text, they received the message. What does the Bible say? And when all the people heard him. Pause for a moment. You say, well, well, that's just, you know, filler. No, 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 no. There's something wonderful happened here. They received the message. When all the people heard him, they heard, they received, they listened. You cannot get saved without hearing the gospel. That's a Bible fact. You don't believe me? Take it up with the book of Romans. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote, How shall they hear without a preacher? He makes another statement in that passage. How shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? In fact, Jesus said over and over ad nauseum in the Gospels, Jesus made this statement. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so, first of all, I just want you to notice, when all the people heard him, they received the message. They heard. Now, some people don't want to hear the message. You know why? Because the gospel's offensive. The gospel says you're wrong, God's right, deal with it. Now, that's, that's the heart of the gospel. That you are, you and I, as human beings, are 100% wrong. Jesus is 100% right. And without him, you have a 0% chance of going to heaven. That's the gospel, man. And who? let's be honest. Who does like to hear that they're wrong? I know I don't. I hate being wrong. I'm sure you do too if you're human. And yet these people receive the message. Something supernatural happened. You say, well, Pastor, they just listen. I understand that. But they heard it, okay? They heard it and listed, listened and received it. Now, Jesus said in the book of John, take it up with Jesus. Don't take it up with me. I didn't write the book. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my Father draw him. That's why Jesus said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. The Spirit of God moved on these individuals and enabled them to not only hear, but to listen. And you and I both know there's somewhat of a difference. Now, not only did they hear, receive the message, but they agreed with the message. The Bible says they justified God. They justified God. That means they agreed with God's judgment. They agreed with God's message. They understood that God was saying, y'all are sinful and you need a Savior, and his name is Jesus. They, they, they not only heard that message, they agreed 
to that message. You see, some people hear the gospel but never agree to the gospel. Because like the Pharisees, they say repentance, that's for bad people. Well, I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. We're all bad people. You say, hey, I'm a pretty good guy, pastor. Really? Compared to what? You know, it's very human. We say, well, you know, I'm no Hitler. Well, isn't that convenient? The question is not, are you better than Hitler? The question is, are you as good as Christ? Christ is the standard. And nobody meets the standard of Christ apart from the work of Christ. Well, you make it out like it's all about Jesus. Now you're starting to get the message, friend. It is all about Jesus. The Bible's clear. Our works of righteousness are what? Filthy rags. Paul said it this way. No flesh shall be justified by the law. And let's be honest. Even if you kept most of the law, which you don't, and neither have I, you couldn't keep all of it. And I got news for you on that note. James, the half-brother of Jesus, put it this way, and I'm paraphrasing. You break one, you've broken them all. And so they, these individuals agreed with God's judgment. They agreed with the message. They said, yes, God, you are correct. And they repented. Sadly, many people sit in church, hear the message, never agree to the message. Happens all the time. And because they refuse to repent, because they refuse to acknowledge their sinfulness and their need for a Savior and truly get sick of self and put self on a shelf, they never get there. And that's terrible. Now, Jesus says, hey, they got it. Now, we turn to those who responded wrongly by rejection. We've seen those who responded rightly by repentance. Now we must look at those who responded wrongly by rejection, and that's the Pharisees. The Bible says, but, now a con conjunction to but, to compare, to contrast these responses, but the Pharisees, unlike, in other words, the tax collectors and the common people, but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. Now, Scripture tells us it's not his will that any should perish. And so it is God's will that all come to repentance in the sense that God made the gospel call available to all. He is no respecter of persons, humanly speaking. Um, nobody. I love how Spurgeon put it. Nobody has ever sincerely come to Christ and been turned away. It's never happened. It'll never happen, and it never has happened. But these individuals, they didn't repent. They rejected. Don't ever forget those two R's, because quite literally, your life hangs on those two R's. Instead of repenting, they rejected God. They rejected God. They rejected God's message. They rejected God's will. They said repentance, that's for sinners, not us. They rejected God's will for themselves. Now these lawyers, these scribes, who were all Pharisees, but not all Pharisees were scribes and lawyers. These were a subgroup of this political party, the Pharisees, and their job was to make perfect copies and to study 
the Old Testament. I, I'm telling you, these guys were smart. They were Bible scholars. I mean, we think it's pretty impressive when somebody memorizes a chapter of the Bible. And by the way, that is impressive. These guys had entire books memorized. Because did you know the protocol when they were making copies of the Word of God, if they made one mistake, they had to tear it up and start over? I mean, we are talking about Bible scholars. The difference, what got in the head never got to the heart. And so they rejected Christ, and that was evident that they rejected the baptism of John, this cleansing ritual that was being offered to Gentile and Jew alike who repented. Now, the baptism didn't save them. We know that. It's an outward uh, profession. It's a sign of repentance. And in fact, John wasn't even practicing true believer's baptism. He was practicing an Old Testament washing ritual that symbolized repentance. Similar, but not synonymous. But that's a different topic for a different day. And so they rejected God. They rejected the messengers and the message. I'll get to that, but they rejected the messengers. How so, Pastor? Well, the Bible says that John came eating, uh, not eating and drinking. John came with an austere message. John came with a somber message. Hey, John was that preacher that you've probably seen who was always serious. Nothing wrong with that. That was his personality. That's why God made him, and it takes, it takes all kinds. But, but John came very serious, living this uh, hermit style of life in the wilderness, preaching the gospel declaring the wrath of God. And they rejected John. <laughs> they said, he's got a demon. He eats bugs. Did you know that? John ate bugs, wore camel skin. Jesus comes, different personality, different style, same substance, but different style, because the Bible says Jesus came eating and drinking and living that normal human life without sin, of course. And they said, well, he's a drunkard. He hangs out with sinners. I mean, are you kidding me? So John was too hard. Jesus was too soft. John was too mean. Jesus was too nice. These people wouldn't have been satisfied with nothing. And although they said it was the messenger they were rejecting, and they did reject the messenger, Clearly, when there's two different types of messengers with the same message, look for the common denominator. Look for the common denominator. It was the message they had a problem with. I see it all the time in, in church. All the time. Well, you're too mean. And, you know, the other preacher, he was too nice. Well, you're too serious. The other preacher was, uh, wasn't serious enough. People, people say things like that. But you know what I found? It's not, the, it's not the messenger they really have a problem with because it's, the point is they have a problem with the message because both messengers are saying the same thing. An old preacher years ago, years and years ago, I've heard this story. Back when uh, preachers just shouted all the time, hey, and I'm all for shouting, amen, you know. But uh, this was a different time. This was a different culture. Uh, they used to call him Shouting Baptist, right? He was preaching, and a man came up to him after service and said, Hey, I gotta, I, you just shout too much. I don't like that shouting. 
And the preacher said, my friend, it's not the shouting that bothers you. It's what I'm shouting about that bothers you. You see, it's not the messenger they had a problem with, really. What was the real problem was they hated and rejected that message. And Jesus uses the analogy of children to show how silly they were being. Now, this analogy is a little weird. Let me explain. In this day and time, kids sat in the marketplace and played. Now, in some places like America, it used to be that way here. But you do that now, your kid will end up on the 7 o'clock news. But in this time and culture, kids sat in the marketplace and they played. What did they play? They played adult. Same thing kids do nowadays. Well, or at least we did when I was a kid. The boys, we always wanted to play war. The girls, they always wanted to play house or school. I hated playing school. We spent eight hours there. Why would I want to play school when I got home? But anyways, kids played adult. They mimic what they see adults do. Now, he mentions a funeral and a wedding. Why? Because in Jewish culture, the funerals and weddings were public events, not private family affairs. Now, in our culture... Very different. You have a funeral, it's going to be friends and family, right? Duh. You have a wedding, friends and family. Oh, no, friend. In first century Jewish culture, these were public events. In fact, the, the town would gather at a wedding and there'd be music. There would be dancing. Now, at a funeral, there would be mourning. In fact, we know that there were people who were paid to show up to funerals and cry and holler. They were professional mourners. I think I've met a few of them. No, I haven't. But uh, anyway. And so the, the kids would watch these cultural events and they would mimic them. They'd play the, let's play wedding. Let's play funeral. And Jesus said, you know, you guys that are rejecting me and John and ultimately the message itself, you're like these kids. You don't want to play happy. You don't want to play sad because, really, you don't want to play at all. Just like a kid, folding their arm, lips pooched out. Well, you want to do this? No. You want to do that? No. They're not satisfied with anything. They're insoluble. I think that's the word. Insatisfiable, unsatisfiable, something like that. And so I love what John MacArthur says about this passage. He says this is the parable of the brats. Because that's what they were being, it's brats. We've all seen kids do this. Uh, kids, my, my kids do this. Um, they, they pitch a fit and you say, well, you want to watch a movie? No. You want to go outside and play? No. Well, they're, what are they doing? They're pitching a fit because they didn't get their way. And that's what the Pharisees and, and the lawyers and the scribes were doing. They were pitching a fit because they didn't get their way. Because God told them they were wrong, and boy, they just couldn't handle that. And so they blamed the messenger. You know, we can almost see, and I love how MacArthur puts this too, the, the wedding game is Jesus, right? Personable comes uh, bringing hope, and, and you know, here, here comes the, I mean, he's, he is the groom of the bride of Christ, right? So, and then John is that, that funeral game, somber, austere, serious, never cracking a smile, and yet they hated and rejected both. Because even though it was two different styles, it was the same substance. Two different messengers, the same message. 
And it was ultimately the message they rejected. And that was the message of redemption. They responded wrongly by rejection instead of responding rightly by repentance. And finally, Jesus makes this statement, but wisdom is justified by all her children. God's ways will be proven wise by all his children because when it all shakes loose, the children of God will be in a far better place, position than the children of this world sitting at the marketplace, refusing to play, refusing to listen. And so this is a very basic message. Responding rightly to redemption's message, repentance versus rejection. I, I told our church this past Sunday when I preached this message, that's really how simple this is. It's chocolate or vanilla. Strawberry's not an option. It's left or right. You can't go down the middle. It's this way or that way. There is no third option. Jesus said there's two ways, the broad way, the narrow way. What about the middle way? No such thing. Jesus said, he that is not with me is against me and vice versa. In other words, you can't be neutral on Jesus. You know, people say, well, you know, I, I, Jesus was a nice guy. I mean, I'm not a Christian, but, you know, I like some of the things he said. No, 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 that's not how it works, friend. You're with him, you're against him. That's it. Left or right, chocolate or vanilla, strawberry is not an option. Repent or reject. Repentance leads to redemption. Rejection leads to reprimand. Repentance leads to heaven. Rejection leads to hell. It is that simple. And so we see Jesus lay that out to the Pharisees and the lawyers. And so it's my prayer that you have repented or that you will repent and receive redemption from the Redeemer himself. God bless you. Keep studying your Bible verse by verse. That is not just the best way to do it. That is the only way to do it. And that's the point of this podcast. And on that note, if you're enjoying this podcast and you are blessed, I don't do this often, but I want you to know you can support the podcast through Buy Me a Coffee. The link is on the podcast page. Now, why is that? Because Buzzsprout, the hosting site, does charge a fee. They don't let me do this podcast for free. It costs something for them to host it, for them to publish it. And so if you feel so led and you are able, we would certainly appreciate that support. God bless you. Have a great day.